and like somebody will like walk up behind you and say, and as he approached the woods, uh, deep <laughs> fog. <laughs> Man, if you don't back up, and it has it has Kyle's voice. Oh gosh. I was thinking about the fight I just had with my wife. (laughs) Why was she so derogatory towards me? Hey there, internet people. Welcome to another episode of Super Agile Bros. You already know what it is. A show about everything and nothing, and I'll, as always, as always, it's, I clearly can't speak. Um, you got oh, the no. boys in here. We got Steve. <laughs> Steve, say hello. I'm just gonna repeat the oh no, oh no, oh no. And oh, of course, no. we got the boy Kyle in the building. Kyle. Hey, everybody. You know, so it's you know it's the trio. You know how we do it. Uh, but before we get started, you know today's gonna be a really cool episode. We're gonna be talking about single player games particularly uh, story-focused games, and are they good? Maybe you already know the answer to this. But I want to give a shout-out to a few people who've been really supporting our podcast, you know, from the the beginning, you know, giving us a lot of great feedback and love and sharing, you know, their thoughts about our episodes and, you know, talking to us about the topics and giving us suggestions. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Michael V. You know who you are. you know, yeah. uh, particularly this episode is kind of dedicated to you because you uh, threw out a few different topics you wanted us to talk about. And this is one of them. And so we wanted to make sure to, you know, give you give you some shine out there. Uh, shout out to Rob A. You know who you are as well. Uh, one of my best friends from back in the day. Uh, I really appreciate you, you know, supporting the show, giving your feedback. <laughs> Me and him talking about the show even offline, so that's been cool. Uh, shout out to Sheldon and Devante of the podcast Prime One Billion. Uh, they're also some podcasters. They talk about Marvel movies, Marvel Cinematic Universe, all that jazz. But Sheldon and Devante have been supporters of the podcast from day one. Check and I uh, just want to say thank you. Thank you. And and finally, shout out to a new friend of ours. Uh, met him on Reddit recently. Uh, I'm an, I don't know if I'm in saying his name right but it's in tall on uh youtube i-n-t-a-l he has a podcast go subscribe to his channel check him out really cool dude and uh goes by gazatris on uh reddit so thank you for checking out our podcast commenting on videos and just being overall supportive definitely check out his podcast i-n-t-a-l in tall on youtube so without further ado let's get into <laughs> it um guys so today yes. we're gonna talk talking <laughs> yes we're gonna be talking about uh, story based games single player games um, so out the gate I mean mm-hmm. we can we can ask the binary question are they good like mm. from y'all's perspective do you feel like those games are good something that's worth your time worth your effort you know um, what do you guys think I guess Steve what do you what do you think about single player games particularly story focused single player games. Mm. This is, this is great. I um, We were talking about, <laughs> earlier we were talking about thumbnails, and we were talking, for like a YouTube channel, and we were talking about catch, not catchphrases, uh, like subtitles and stuff. Sub, yeah, subtitles. And I was like, I don't want to be clickbaity. And then we have this ultra clickbaity stop topic. Are single player games good? Hey. Um, but we're going to, we're going to, I think we'll have a good conversation. <laughs> but yeah, the short answer I do think they're good. I do think they're worth your time. 
the way I see it is games are essentially broken up into uh, art versus entertainment versus like hanging out with your buds. And some games might kind of like, you know, toe the line of each multiple things. But uh, in terms of like single player games, I usually think of that as like, oh, games are like an art form. And the answer to the question, I guess, would just be, is it to your taste? And do you do you want to spend your time experiencing art or would you rather spend your time uh, kicking a football, a virtual football? You heard it first, folks. Football is not an art. Ooh, you trying to get some hands thrown at you. <laughs> I mean, Steve I, said, hey. No, no, no. I'm talking about football <laughs> games. You know, like other games that are decidedly not, I would say, artful. Like any of the Nintendo sports games. Like those, actually, a lot of Nintendo games are really about, like, the experience, like the gameplay. Mm-hmm, and I guess mm-hmm. even these. Even the games I look down on, like the Fifas and the Maddens, um, I guess that's also what they're about. But they're definitely not story based, so I wouldn't say that they're. They got artistic. the career modes now. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They we'll, bring we'll, a tear to your we'll, eyes. We'll, we'll come. We'll come back around to that because I want to keep that in focus. But Kyle, what, what do you think? Oh yeah. <clears throat> is they good? Is, is they, they be? Good? Is they is or is they ain't good? So first off, I have to. I gotta defend our loyal suggesters out there calling their suggestion clickbait <laughs> they asked shit. for this and we are delivering <laughs> and they gonna click it so it is bait but that wasn't the point <laughs> secondly to uh, to answer the question with a question no i'm just kidding <laughs> thank you <laughs> i think the short answer is no Okay. Single player games are not good. They are great. No, single player story focused <laughs> games. Not single player games. Single yeah. player story focused games. Yeah. Um, they're personally my favorite genre out of all of them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm extremely biased against single player story focused games. If you were to ask me, I love them. Does that much. mean that? Does that mean that your least favorite games are not story focused? There are other. There are other single player or other multiplayer games. Yes, just by if I have to do some sort of tier list, yes. But I don't know if I'd be able to classify my least favorite and just from genre alone. I'd probably be similar to yours, um, you know, in simula- simulation style games with the Madden and all that. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I I'm still I'm trying to answer Brad's question, man. Hey to, man, I can ask questions. <laughs> no, I mean no, that's I'm fair. I'm curious, I mean, man. I mean, okay, so so I, I'm very surprised that you guys answered this. As, What's your answer, Brett? Well, well, this is my answer is this. Oh, <laughs> my answer is I'm surprised that you guys answered it so kind of like like I think there's such a nuance in this question, mm-hmm. like that there is not. A, I think the answer is like well, Steve kind of said it. Yes, kind of, sort of. No, kind of, sort of. And exactly I think what I said. I, I think the I think the truth <laughs> is that like I can name a lot of single player story games that are not that great, right? Because you know execution is a part of it. Fair but enough. also, I think um, there are some games that I believe really think that their story is more important and interesting than they are. Like, mm-hmm. and they really. 
yeah, they're pretentious and they yeah. really try to put it in your face. They really force you to digest the story when really the focus should be the gameplay, right? Like the focus should be the good part of it, you know? Um, and I think on the other hand, there are <laughs> games that do the opposite, but like, yeah, I feel that there's no way you could blanket yes or no this, but I do think that like, like in many ways, we should talk about what makes a good game, right? A good single player story focused game, because I think that will answer the question even more thoroughly. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Um, yeah. Like, uh, like off the gate, you know, and, and I want to start here because this is what I think of when somebody says story focused single player games. I don't think of games like, you know, God of War or even like, um, I mean, I, I guess we were we just had a podcast on this Hades. Hades to me feels like a story focused game. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. What do you, what do you wait? Do y'all think differently? I mean, it's definitely gameplay focused, but well, at least the first half. I don't know because it goes against what I believed about it. <laughs> I would think that God of War is a story based single yeah. player game. Yeah, the newest one, maybe the newest yeah. one. Oh yeah, well, yeah, the newest one. Can't the newest say. Well, one. I mean the the older ones they were arcadey, but they were still pretty heavy as they far were as story, story was concerned. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Like so, so okay. For, I wanted to ask y'all about walking simulators, or at least. I, maybe that's mm. a derogatory term to that whole genre, but that's the that's, term that best. I don't know. You know, gameplay and service of story. Yeah, like games where you don't really do anything other than walk around and interact with the environment and like read notes or, you yeah. know, uh, like the Gone Homes or the, um, y- you name it. Like, um, what else? Ether one. Um, yeah. Uh, um, Esther, Esther, which is like the OG um walking simulator so yeah so what do you guys think about walking simulators like just store games like purely story very little gameplay in general i think that they in my opinion they barely constitute as games like i understand why they're having to be called games you know just because of the way the platform exists you know that they're interactive experiences where you're either you know at a computer holding a controller so by default, because it's not a movie or a graphic novel, it has to be a game. Hmm. But I think beyond beyond that, I don't think they're actually should be considered games. Like I feel like they should have their own type of you know genre, Attractive I guess. Movie. Yeah, so that it doesn't so that walking simulator doesn't become a derogatory term because you can't classify them with actual games. Hmm. Yeah, I. Uh... I agree. I don't really understand the draw. I'm like, if I'm going to, if I'm only experiencing a story, there's no gameplay. Um, if I'm constrained, like I, I don't play a lot of these games, so I don't know. But like, if I'm constrained and I can't do what I want in the game and place and, and have it be fun, and I just kind of have to follow along the story, then mm-hmm. yeah. I'm kind of like, what's the point? I'd rather watch it or read it. You know. Like, what well, do I really gain by holding a controller and pushing forward for two hours? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting thought because uh, uh, if uh, and you have a PlayStation, you have PlayStation Plus, right, Steve? Or maybe you I do. Don't. You do. Um, Actually, it ran out recently. But. It just ran out. If you haven't, you should play Gone Home. Have you played that, uh, Kyle? No. Gone Home. I have. Yeah. So the reason I say that is because in defense of walking simulators. I kind of feel like Gone Home is one of those experiences that is like 
the best form of walking simulator. And I do feel that it's a game because yes, it's like, it's not heavily interactive, but they have like almost little mini games from time to time. Like, but it's kind of telling the narrative through the mini game and the mini games don't necessarily have a win lose scenario. Um, the one I'm thinking of is like the fish section. I'm, I'm not going to really share anything other than that. There's like a fish section, uh, factory and, like there's a it's almost a game it's like a it has like a a twin stick shooter in there like not twin stick shooter like a twin stick kind of gameplay and it's telling a narrative at the same time and the visuals are changing and it's all this cool stuff like i i feel like that is the what walking simulators mean to be you know Mm. uh like a game where it's kind of more i think you were saying it earlier steve like it's artistic, but you couldn't engage with this story without playing it, you know, like because I feel like there's no way you could do Gone Home in a standard video movie. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, sure. I don't know. I, th- I think yeah. the the way that they handled Gone Home, like the medium for Gone Home, in my opinion, was like it's perfect for the narrative, you know, it, and I think it would the only thing that it maybe could possibly be otherwise is just a book because of how subtle it is. Mm. But I mean, I guess I still, I still hold, even after playing that game, you know, I don't, I don't consider it to be a game necessarily. Like, yeah, you, you know, you interact with things and I do remember like there were, I wouldn't call them puzzles, but I mean like somewhat like escape room elements, mm-hmm. like you'd interact yeah. with something and that'd give you access to something else, but you weren't necessarily figuring anything out. Well, I, I, there's, I'll say this. I, now that you say that, I do feel like there's a lot more puzzles in that than like, okay, you go to a certain room, but you have to interact with a certain thing in order for another thing to happen. And like, like you said, escape room, that's, that's a game, right? And escape room is a game, right? Right. Yeah, I, mean, I think escape rooms are, but I was saying it, it was it's kind of escape room adjacent, I guess, because <laughs> escape rooms are so intentional about this plus this equals that or this is uh-huh. associated with that, while Gone Home felt, I guess, more arbitrary. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, I can't. I never played Gone Home, I, and I think maybe it's unfair. In my head, I've kind of constructed a straw man for a walking simulator. Uh, which has like no gameplay mechanics. I know even Journey has some sort of gameplay mechanics. We talked about that here before. I would consider Journey to not be a walking simulator. Yeah, it's it's more game than it is. Not that it's more game than it is story. Like actually, like I think Journey is like the perfect example of like a single player story focused game where the game pretty much. Like, you couldn't really experience the story without the game, it feels like to me. because I'd agree with that, yeah. It's one of those games that exudes, like, you know, we've talked about it before, but it's like this game that exudes being alone mm-hmm. and dealing with the challenges that you and the obstacles and the things that you need to deal with alone. The gameplay isn't severely difficult, right? No. There is some platforming. There are some puzzle type situations and it can be unforgiving as kyle's story with the guy he was with who (laughs) fell like 80 feet and was trying to get back to him (laughs) like it definitely has that but there's something about it where it's almost like you couldn't 
you wouldn't be able to understand the story without experiencing the gameplay. So it's almost like the perfect example, in my opinion, of a single-player story-focused game. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was saying, was that it actually has gameplay. But I think a lot of people do consider it to be, like, a slow, boring game. Yeah, I could see that. So I, I, I was just saying that it might be the, the impression that most people have, like, oh, it's just a walking simulator. But it's yeah. Not. Based on your expectations, yeah, I could definitely see how people would go in and kind of tune out you know, because it, I think it it can come off as pretentious, like we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. If I don't know, I don't. I mean, I don't know the conditions. I guess because I went into it blind, knowing that other people enjoyed it, so I was kind of giving it the benefit of the doubt at the beginning, and then eventually I came to enjoy it myself. But mm. I could definitely see how I guess if you don't have any sort of like motive to continue the game, then a lot of the stuff you'll be doing, you'll just be asking why. Yeah. Yeah. If okay, okay, let's let's take a step back for a second because I think um I think it was uh, the podcast that me and you did Steve where we were talking about uh bosses. And before mm-hmm. we got into we started talking bosses and then later in the conversation we were like, "Oh, like let's define what a boss is." Mm. And, oh yeah. <laughs> you know. And it, and it made sense like we were basically talking the same like we we had the same definition, but I you know, now that we're talking about like, you know, the idea of a walking simulator not being a game, I'd like to hear from y'all, like, what is a game? Like, what makes mm. a game? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, think about it as not like, oh, a game, like the universal understanding. But for you, when you sit down in front of a, a computer or in front of a console and you pick it up, like, what are what elements does it mean, does a game mean to you? Other than it being on the Xbox or the 360, I mean, the PS4 or whatever, like. So, I mean, Kyle, you can start. Like, Good luck, so, Kyle. I was going to let Steve go first. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> so, I mean, I can go. I'm time. always Not ready. Not this time, baby. I'm always ready. <laughs> okay. So, I would say, in a, in a word, um, games for me are an escape. It's too like, many words. From <laughs> done. You, 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 you're, you're done. Okay, I'm Steve, done. go ahead. No, Next. go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> let me escape from this conversation. So, mm. uh, to me, ga- games are an escape from, like, reality. You know, like, I, th- I feel like in order for something to be a game, and not to, I guess, answer it in the construct way, but I actually, like, hold the games accountable to, like, fulfill these checklist items. You know, there okay. has to be, like, rules in-, in a game that make, like, the game interesting. You know, like, there's things that happened that the rules that exist, talking, I guess, going back to, like, our talking about like fifa and these simulator sports games like those games like you think about if you try to if you break down the rules of football you know mm-hmm. like carry this to the other end of this area and i'll give you points like, <laughs> put that on it sounds so terrible <laughs> exactly but without those rules you know then you're just running around looking like an idiot but if you're doing that against someone then you know now you've escaped reality with these weird rules that make whatever you're doing, you know, more enjoyable. And so I think on on a surface level, a game needs to achieve that. Like I need to be I need to be doing something else fundamentally when I'm playing a game. And that's why I don't consider walking simulators to be games, because I feel like I could just go walk. 
and like somebody will like walk up behind you and say and as he approached the woods (laughs) (laughs) man if you don't back up he's like nah this is my normal life i don't know what y'all do and it has has kyle's voice (laughs) oh gosh press i was thinking about the fight i just had with my wife (laughs) why was she so derogatory towards me Press circle to throw tra- trash out. Circle. <laughs> Do I really smell as bad as she said I did? Ooh. Wait okay. a minute. Okay. Uh, is there like anything else to add to that other than have it, it being something that you would do in your real life that has a set of rules? No. I think to give you my shortest answer, that would be it. Of course, right. I think there's more that goes into it. But All right. Steve, give us your shortest answer. It's not going to be a shortest answer. <laughs> um... <laughs> In a word, I uh, in I a think world. Games... I'm sorry, it sounded like the movie guy. You start off in a world. Go ahead. In a world <laughs> where video games are on the cusp of being invented. Um. So I think that what what I think the definition has changed. Right. It used to be about the challenge, mm-hmm. right? About challenging yourself, and I don't know, exploring some fantasy or maybe not escapism specifically but people like sci-fi and fantasy and other things like that but yeah it's about a challenge right the game is something that has gameplay elements and gameplay elements are things that you can lose at right like you can either have a game over or be blocked from proceeding or something yeah um so there's even if it's not much of a challenge it's something that requires your interaction in a specific way to proceed to the end. Um, whereas a movie just requires you to look at it, right? It'll keep going no matter what. Um, I think the definition has loosened a lot because we have these, you know, so-called walking simulators where there's not really a way to lose. But even a walking simulator, you still have to walk to the right spot, I assume, to trigger yeah. it. I mean, the worst imagine the worst imaginable... Uh, game I can think of would be like a walking simulator just on a sidewalk in space and you just see and hear things as you as you walk past and you can't even choose what direction you walk in. That would be awful. Ooh. Um, in VR. <laughs> yeah. At that point, it's not even a walking simulator. It's a thumbstick push simulator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say something that has gameplay. Uh, and of course, there's been things added to that. So games have stories, games are an artistic expression, um, and they're a way for us to interact with each other. So I guess I'm just expounding on the three kinds of games I had talked about earlier. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I, that makes sense. Uh, I, I think for me, a game is simply something that has a win lose condition that, uh, can fundamentally its goal is to bring you enjoyment in some capacity uh and yes i think there's rules which is the win-lose condition and there's ways to engage with the game uh maybe through different mediums a card game a video game a you know whatever uh, mm-hmm. board game but mm-hmm. really the at the end of the day i think a game is something that has a a, a winning condition and a lose condition some games the winning condition is to never lose Right. Mm -hmm. It's just that's so the win condition is not losing. And also something that's whole focus in its goal is to bring enjoyment. Right. Um, Let me ask you. Yeah. I just thought of something. You said bring enjoyment was the goal. 
and I immediately thought about, oh, what about like educational games where the goal isn't to te- isn't to have fun. Having fun is a means to an end. It's a means to learning something. But then I realized that you could say that about any game that you have to learn the mechanic to actually like, even if the mechanic isn't mathematics or you know hooked on phonics or something like you still have to learn either a like a a way to solve a puzzle or learn to be good at like your your instincts and fight monsters in a in a you know fast paced game. Yeah, Get like good. it's still teaching you something. What which one whichever one is the means to an end versus you know learning the thing or having fun. I guess that depends on the game, but I think that. Uh, what do you think? Is that is that a, a reasonable addition to the, what you were about to continue saying before I interrupted you? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, one of the things that I believe that uh, games are, games are fundamentally uh, vehicles of learning. It, in, in it t- learning the game, right? Learning right. what's important in the game. And actually, you know, I'm going to do a little plug here, but um, like on November 8th, I'll be doing a talk at what's this place uh, at a conference called DevRelCon 2021, right? And my talk is called How Game Development uh, Gave Me a Head Start on Becoming a Developer Advocate. That's my job. And one of the points that I'm going to make is talking about how essentially games are fundamentally just about teaching. Like, that's just what they are. Like, they are trying to teach you how to be better at the game. That's like essentially... Mm-hmm every game ever right so so i think as a part of you kind of you kind of stole my thunder i give it to you (laughs) is that (laughs) like a game is essentially fundamentally a teaching tool and all all the fun that comes from a game is learning how to be better at the game Uh, so i honestly think that learning games are a misnomer and they're just games and Mm. They're just most of them are not games because they're just learning, but there's no fun, which I think is an important and there's no lose condition. Like there's just win, like just win. You a lot of wait, wait, what kind of learning, learning are you talking about? That, uh, there's no lose condition. I mean, I guess there's a lose condition in a quiz, but but that's not a it's not <sighs> learning. It's like a it's a knowledge test. It's a knowledge yeah. test. It's not a it's would... not and it's not fundamentally made to be fun. Like it's not that's not his goal. His goal is like you said to test your knowledge. You get a grade. I would, draw, I would draw a line between a game and a test. I don't think they're even no. conceptually similar. But that's kind of the the weird part about where learning games are. A lot of them just are tests that have like pretty colors. And well, they're not they're not just tests because you learn things. Maybe you have a test at the end, and that's the wins condi- the win condition. But you learn something during the game. But but that's not how that's not how they present it. They present the game as the quiz. <laughs> like you do your learning, and then your game, your reward, your fun is taking a quiz that you can fail. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, and they just put like what they call game elements, gamification. So so check this out. Check this out. I want to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Let's table this conversation for a purely gamification, like. I want to really talk, go into this because I think this is one of the biggest, me, yeah. me and Ka- Kyle have so many issues with this. And I think shoot, uh, Steve, you're hitting it. Like you are, you don't do this per se, like as your day job, but you get it. And I want to talk about it. 
And so, he's experienced it. <laughs> he's experienced it. It's true. The lie. It's traumatic. And, and as a gamer, it's disrespectful. You know, like it is. It's, it's disrespectful. So, so is... just to turn the conversation, I'm going to write this down to make sure that we don't forget this. But, <laughs> um, so okay, we have our definition of games now. Now, what makes a game like story focused? Because I think I even immediately messed up when I was like, "Oh, isn't Hades story focused?" And then I was like, "Well, maybe." Maybe it's not because that goes against my thoughts about the game, blah, 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 blah. Like, what makes y'all say, like, oh, a game is story-focused versus, like, gameplay-focused? So, story-focused, I mean, I guess it would depend on the intensity. Like, do you mean focused as in the game doesn't progress without the story? Like, it's that reliant on it, or the gameplay progresses the story, so it's reliant on it that way? Like, what do you, I guess, I guess which, which angle... Well, that's my question to you. When when you hear the word story focus, what does that mean to you? you know? okay. So I, I guess I would lean more towards that the any anything you do in the game, like informs or progresses the story, whether or not it's directly linked. The reason why you're doing what you're doing is to get to the next story beat. Um. So by that token, I would say that Hades, <clears throat> Hades is pretty story driven, because unless you do a run, you don't get more story. While in other games, I believe there are times where you could mm. not do what the game asks you to, quote unquote, and still get more story. I feel like that. I feel like your example's backwards, right? Wouldn't that mean that it's gameplay focused if gameplay is what paces the story? I guess that's where I'm having a dis- disconnect too. I mean, I guess they're so intertwined, but yeah. I would. But I think we also agreed that the gameplay in Hades could be standalone. Like it, mm-hmm. like the story itself isn't reliant on the gameplay, well, but you have to do a run to get more story. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. I, f- I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like we're maybe conflating different things here. I, mm-hmm. my opinion or my, my thoughts are that, you know, between gameplay focus or story focus, uh, I don't know if it makes sense. I could be convinced. So let's see what happens, but I don't mm. know if it makes sense to say that a game that all games are either are there more one or the other. Mm-hmm. I think the real, the only real observation we can make objectively is a game has story or a game has gameplay, which hopefully most <laughs> games do. <laughs> yeah. um, Both are desired. <laughs> right. Uh, and then I guess the question of, oh, well, is it story focused or is it gameplay focused? It might just come down to like, the person playing like if i'm into it for the story i might think it's a story focused game if i'm into mm. it for the oh. gameplay i might say it's a gameplay focused that's game. a very or, interesting point yeah yeah or if it's like tic-tac-toe where there's no story right you're just playing the <laughs> game that's a, right. that's absolutely a gameplay focused game yeah um, yeah or a walking I, simulator where there's no gameplay it's only story. It's that's story movie, focused. Yeah. So it's not a game. It's just story focused. That's, <laughs> just... that's a planetarium. <laughs> no, no. I, th- I think that, you know, Steve, you brought up a good point. Uh, perspective yes. perspective is roll. important. Um, also, I'll be uh, booting you from the chat. No. Um, <laughs> no, but like, that's a good point. Like, I I, I think I that naturally makes sense, but I've never thought about it before. But like, how you perceive a game is how, what you'll probably determine it as like so for me for example hades i say is story focused but the reason that i i stopped playing it was because of the story 
the gameplay, right? Like in my head, like, oh, I'm going to stop playing it because I don't want to really play the game anymore, but I'm interested in the story. But like fundamentally, it's all about the gameplay. Like you, you could play that game forever, just playing it, playing it. And the story would never progress. You know what I'm saying? Like you just like you can get to the end and keep playing. Exactly. Now, mm, a, yeah. a game like uh, Dead Rising, one of my favorites, is a very story focused game in its main mode because pretty much everything you do is driven by the story moving forward. Right? Like you can't play the game if you don't accomplish the story missions. If that makes sense. Like you can't just you can go around and kill zombies and it'll let you but like you fail the game if you don't game land you know like get all the story beats like as a journalist your goal is to get the story and it is definitely gameplay heavy really cool gameplay but in the main mode at least it very much feels story focused like that would drive that's what drives you forward that's what changes the environment the the difficulty you know uh it's very much like, well, anyway, I'm not going to go on that tangent. But mm. long story short is, I totally agree with you, Steve. Like, there's definitely a perspective on mm-hmm. it. But I also do think, like, a game like Solitaire is not story-focused. But I do right. think a game like Tomb Raider, the new Tomb Raider, uh, uh, I don't know, remember what it's called. Like, I think it's just called Tomb Raider. Is Rise like, of the Tomb Raider. Rise of Tomb Raider is a story-focused game. Even though, because the gameplay, or, or like uh, Uncharted. Uncharted, you know, yeah. I don't know if you could argue that it's not a story focused game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so there's also the... sorry, I was gonna say there's also a lot of games that are very cinematic recently. Uncharted, mm-hmm. New God of War, and so it's hard to say they're not game, they're not story focused because it feels like oh, The Last of Us as well. The, mm-hmm. It feels like they're really catering to the story. Um, I had another thought, but I don't let Kyle continue. Before I continue, so maybe you guys remember, but with with it came when it came to Uncharted, there was like this, um, I forgot what the, the the phrase was they coined, but it was like some sort of some sort of dissonance, I guess, between Cognitive the gameplay. Distance. I don't remember, but like it was the disconnect between the gameplay and the story. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where the story was, you're Nathan Drake, and he's just an archaeologist who happens to carry a gun, he gets in trouble. But then, like, the actual moment-to-moment gameplay is that you're mowing down, you know, dozens of henchmen with <laughs> automatic weapons. And they were talking about, you know... And so, when I when I think about, I guess, the story-driven gameplay, it games like Uncharted and even Hades, to a degree, kind of hit the same note to me as bad gamification. And I'm just going to stay here for a second. But, like, oh boy. the... <laughs> the gamification learning games that have, you know, you do trivia for a second. Mm-hmm. And then once you're past trivia, it brings you to like bejeweled. And so like your reward for getting past the learning is to play like a really fun game. And then if you fail the game, you're brought back to trivia, you know, and it's like, here's more learning. And it's almost like, I know they don't do this intentionally, but it's like you're brought back to the less interesting stuff. And I think that both the story and the gameplay in Uncharted is interesting, but it's like the, the, there's such a disconnect. Like if you're really into shooters, but don't like cinematic games, Mm -hmm. then, you know, there's a, there, there's a big, it's like a huge section of Uncharted that won't be appealing to you. But 
wouldn't i mean i, th- I think that, that that even makes it more to me uh like one of those things where like hades you know going back to hades it's like the game the it, it, like it is a game fundamentally right it has rules oh, win, yeah. lose conditions all this stuff <laughs> but but the game determines how much you can engage with the story right and it's the story is interesting and all that but you have to play the game like you can't get around that right like there's no nuancing you know like because otherwise it would just be a walking simulator right like you don't need the game you just go on youtube right and just watch the story but the game fundamentally is i don't want to say drives the story but makes the story like you can't progress without the game you know what i'm saying so you know yeah so i kind of got off on my my but my point earlier was, I guess, that like to be a story-driven game, I, f- I feel like it it makes the experience more cohesive if the gameplay is kind of like the same pacing or like the same feel as the story is giving. Like maybe not the same drama necessarily, but mm-hmm. it feels like like you're you're in the same experience. You want the yeah. You just want them to match up. I think, yeah, I think a perfect example of that is Gears of War, and and I, I know Steve has played Gears of War. Have you played that, uh, Kyle? Yeah, I play a little bit of Gears. Yeah, so Gears is is a story driven game, story narrative. There's a thing you're trying to figure out, a mystery, what's happening, why these these monsters attacking us, and it's very brutal. But the story itself is about being in a war torn. Like everybody dying around you, you know what I'm saying? Like, so there's mm-hmm. no disconnect from the gameplay because it's not like, like you said, Nathan Drake is now drinking a beer with, you know, character X yeah. having a great time laughing. It's like, no, we're in a deep, gritty, horrible situation. And all the cutscenes are like, how do we get out this situation? What do we do? Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're attacking us. We got to fight again. Like it's, and, and yes, uh, Uncharted has those moments where you're like doing something that you get attacked, but it really, mm-hmm. I can definitely feel you like, and and they clearly know it. It just completely <laughs> separates you from the gameplay sometimes, and yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I get what you're talking about, Kyle. I don't think that the gamification, like the quality of the gamification, necessarily means that something is more or less story focused. I think that's just the quality of the gamification, right? I feel, I feel like that's a different axis entirely. Um, and for some people, you won't be able to enjoy a story if the gameplay doesn't line up. And I totally agree with that and get it. Um, so yeah, Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that answered the question, but I do think that's a thing that is worth considering. Um, earlier I said that we, uh, that it might be based on our perception. Like, Oh, like if I like story, Mm. then I'll think a game is story, uh, story focused. But then I was thinking more about it. And I'm like, actually, another way to go might be what the game developers and writers were thinking, right? Mm. Because, I mean, I feel like in most cases, the game studio or whoever makes the game probably had either a story in mind and came up with gameplay to match it or had gameplay in mind and came up with a story to match it. Yeah. And so in the early days, it was very much the latter where you uh gameplay first yeah like you have you have a jump man and he jumps on 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 little mushroom men and uh saves the princess and then from that you have 
the admittedly still weak story about Super Mario. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> like Nintendo is all about it's, story first. It's never oh, sorry, gameplay first. I'll, gameplay story first. first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was compelled. Um, the Mario movie is gonna be. Oh man. A, yeah, I can't imagine. It has no happen. foundation. Yo, it'll probably be really good, man. I mean, uh, the fact that like ha- like Sonic was decent, pretty decent. Uh, yeah. Wreck It Ralph, like they're, they're you know, like hey, they can pull it together, especially when it's a comedy kind of thing. Uh, they have to break the formula, then. <laughs> you know. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I we'll was see. I was gonna say it's interesting that you say that, Steve, because um, uh, I agree, and then also know that sometimes it's interesting how intentions shift because um yeah like think about a game like final fantasy back in the day like it was like like a game right like mm-hmm. all you do is grind 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 like <laughs> you play it and there's little bits of story but if you think about a final fantasy game the thing that people talk about a lot are the characters right oh the clouds yeah. and the sephirothes and the you know, sure. the, the, you know, whoever, whatever game. Right. But fundamentally, like you said, back in the day, it was like, OK, first we need to make a game that can run on this system. That You know, we can't like use too much memory. Can't, you know, and then they kind of build the story on it. And sometimes the two come together in a beautiful accident. And then there's times like what I believe, like bug snacks, which me and Kyle have had a deep conversation with and a special podcast about um is like it's a very story like narrative was clearly the most important thing to them but the gameplay is like servicing that and then there's stuff like um horizon zero dawn and the reason i bring up horizon zero dawn and and kyle you may remember this when we went to gdc in what 2018 or whatever um Mm -hmm. remember uh that uh Horizon Zero Dawn came from basically an internal game jam, yeah. more or less. And it was just a, a mechanic that they were messing around with, like somebody shooting a dinosaur. It, it was yeah, very... A giant mech Lego. Yeah, like a mech dinosaur. A Lego. A Lego mech looking <laughs> dinosaur. And, oh, wow. and it was just like, literally, they just started with the gameplay. They went to the Nintendo method. And they kind yeah. of made this, this gameplay... And then they were like, let's build a really cool, rich story around it. And the studio, which was known for, uh, what's those shooters? I'm now blinking uh, on, they always Just launch any shooter. with the PlayStation. Uh, Not Call of Duties. No, no. Uh, I'll remember it at some point. But they're, they're a shooter game like company you know uh, I, can, I can't remember the name of the games. That Battlefield. Uh, but um, anyway, the, the interesting thing is like how they now, like when I think about Horizon Zero Dawn, I don't think that gameplay first. I think story first. I mean, the gameplay is great, right? It's awesome. But I think when I think of the commercials, when I think of the the trailers, the media, it's all about the story. So it's interesting how a game can like turn that corner from a developer's mm-hmm. point of view. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't feel like if I had looked at Horizon Zero Dawn if, and I thought, I don't think I would have thought this was a game that was built around the story rather than other way around. I'm not that surprised to hear the story you just told. Why do you say I that? Played... But I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure. I, I can't... I'm trying now to think of a game to disprove myself. Like, what's a game <laughs> that I would look at and think, oh, they definitely made the game around the story. Ooh. Um, probably a very bad game. Probably. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I um, remember. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, Steve. We had a coworker. I think you guys might remember this conversation. We were talking about making games at IBM, and we had a coworker who approached us and was describing, um, like a, yeah. a situation or a world he had built. And he or kept talking about all this, like all these themes and all these story elements he wanted to tell. And I, yeah. I mean, I, I think you guys were also doing this, but I remember specifically that I was like, but what is the gameplay going to be like? Like, what is the structure of the game? Is it going to be an open world game? Is it going to be, you know more linear is it going to be like a open like first person shooter or is it on rails like what are you doing Mm, is it an rpg and he didn't know and i'm like well then write a book you know like (laughs) if if it doesn't need to be a game then don't make it a game put the computer down and pick up a pen um well (laughs) i feel like that's in general i i subscribe very much to the nintendo philosophy of have gameplay, and maybe more than Nintendo, like write a story, <laughs> do, do what Gorilla did, and make Horizon Zero Dawn from the gameplay. Well, okay, Kyle. Kyle. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask you a question. Yeah, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I played the first little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn, and I had a similar, uh, I guess, thought that... But it to me, the game actually felt like... Like, after the conference... I was kind of torn because playing the game, it felt like actually they had this idea for a cool world first. And so they built like the story and all these mechanics in the world. And then like whenever they actually put the game together, it, it just felt kind of clunky. Like it, like it was, really? a, it felt like it was just a bunch of ideas. Hmm. And so I didn't enjoy the time I played because I, I just never felt grounded, I guess, playing that game. Well, that... So your per- your perception was that it was story first because mm-hmm. it didn't because it was clunky and therefore you didn't like well not because of your perception but because it was clunky you didn't enjoy yourself with the game yeah but I know I know a lot of people who did you know Brad included that it really enjoyed the game both gameplay and story so yeah. you know it's interesting that you say that because as I put so I'm a big story person in general right like I watch a movie and. You know, Steve used to live with me, and he knows that I'll stop watching a TV show, a movie, in the middle of it if I think it's garbage. And I can't understand. <laughs> and ninety percent of the reason is because I can already figure out where it's going. I'm like, oh, I already know how this ends. Like, there's no point in me watching this, you know. So uh, it's interesting because I walked into Horizon Zero Dawn with the story being in the world, like you were saying, Kyle, as being like clearly what they started with. I. I perceive now after going to GDC, of course, and now I know behind the story, it makes sense. Like the mechanics and stuff is what they were like the, the, the thing that was the bread and butter. And mm-hmm. actually I can kind of tell that the story wasn't the main because I can, I can see almost, um, I think me and you were talking about the Steve, like that elementary, like, like somebody writing a story as a kid and they're like, oh, I'm going to include all the cool stuff that I know is cool mm-hmm. in it. I can catch those moments from time to time where I was like, yo, this is not, uh, <laughs> this is corny. Yeah, this is corny. Exactly. Uh, this is really corny. And, and I feel like that's, that like, it, it didn't like, it doesn't kill the game for me. Like I like the game still, but I could catch that mm-hmm. pretty, pretty early on that like, oh, this is, this is not their strength telling a story, but they're doing a good job nonetheless. And oh, by the way, these are the guys that made kill zone. The shooter. Kill Zone. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking of? Kill Zone. Yeah, that's, they made Kill Zone, which was like 
all, almost like the the game that launched with every single PlayStation, PlayStation Three, PlayStation Four. It was like, like I think even PlayStation Two, like Killzone was like the system seller at one point. Uh, but anywho, I think I would you say that Killzone. Killzone was the Dark Souls of system selling games? Um, wow, <laughs> that's that's uh, a thing a lot. I had. I, I'm sorry, we were talking about bad Dark Souls comparisons oh. earlier today. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, I was going to ask you a question, Steve, because you you made a point about somebody sharing a game. The okay, Kyle, <laughs> you already know where I'm going with this question. I'll I'll, I'll wait, <laughs> Kyle. When somebody approaches you about making a game, mm. how did how do they normally pitch it to you? Like, I, describe to me the the in, the interaction when somebody knows that you're a game developer and that you make games, and they want you oh. to help them make a game. How do they pitch it to you? So I'll try to say this verbatim if I can. <laughs> so nine out of ten times I haven't met them before. Hundred percent. Or or like one time in passing. But they they walk up and they say, Hey, I heard you make games. Yep. We want a game. <laughs> and then they pause. And I have to ask, what about? And which is usually the wrong question because (laughs) for some reason about means, well, we have a platform that we want users to engage with and they're learning about this and we just want it to be really fun and we want to have a leaderboard. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is at IBM you guys are talking about. (laughs) Hey, don't be name dropping. Anyway, so after about 30 minutes of going back and forth of getting no information, you know, uh, I, I mean, I'm about to start crying just thinking about it. So, yeah, from there, eventually, I get to the point where I'm like, you know, well, what's the subject matter? You know, what, where is this going? You know, who's playing it? All these questions that you think would come up if I say, you know, what's, what's it about? What's it for? Stuff like that. Like it's it's like pulling teeth, mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of times, like the the thought is, well. So and so has this game, and so we wanted something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like an actual game, game, yeah. like not another learning game. But they're like, "Yeah, have you played Halo? We want that, but we don't <laughs> want to teach people. <laughs> we want to teach them how to sell cars." It's like, man, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, and, and the reason the reason I ask you that question is because I think essentially what happens for people who are not like uh not even not even people who are gamers because i think gamers do the same thing people who are not aware of how game development works and how games are made is that they don't start or what games are yeah what games are fundamentally they don't start at where games start which is the game like the gameplay like the nintendo method we have a square in a in a white room and it does a particular thing. And all of a sudden, we made Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they start from the base. Most people think of games as how they experienced a game, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, what I've learned is, one, what Kyle just talked about. Somebody trying to take a game to uh, express something uh, in a way that doesn't make sense, like a, a corporate thing or selling something or you know a product or something like okay that doesn't make sense or the opposite which is somebody who has played games their whole lives or played games as a kid 
And when they think of games, they think about the experience that they felt, right? The story, the characters, how many hours they spent in the basement. They think about the feeling, but not the what made that feeling possible. No substance. Yes, exactly. So they think when they think back to when they were playing Nintendo, Nintendo games were fundamentally just games, right? Almost no stories. But they think about that one little screen where it showed the little title and a little, and then the ninja went to kill the man. Like, that's the whole story. But for some reason, (laughs) because kids are imaginative, you create a background. You create these Mm -hmm. things. And now as you get older, you think of it like, yeah, I remember that game. It made me feel like I was really a ninja. Dog, you were jumping sideways and stabbing. (laughs) Like, you ain't doing nothing. But that's Eight pixels tall. Yeah. So I think a lot of people can't connect the idea that the game has to come first before the story. And yes, a game can become story focused or even derive from a story, but the gameplay is so essential in order to make it feel, you know, right, you know? Yeah, I think about Limbo sometimes. Where Ooh. Have you guys played Limbo? I think you have. That's the yeah. game that's on my bucket list. I still have not played it, sadly. I've played uh, the first hour or so. I know it's not a very long game, but I haven't played the whole thing i know that for sure i mean when you say the first hour you mean like you played an hour where you died a lot or you played an hour straight without dying Mm. no i definitely died a few times um yeah but i mean out of like a probably three hour game total that's a that's either a lot or not a lot it depends on how often you died Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a fair point um anyway so the thing about limbo is there's no dialogue there's no, I mean, there's barely any, like, even, like, grunting from the main, from the boy who you play as. Like, if you, <laughs> if you get stabbed, he kind of goes, <laughs> and, <laughs> or, <laughs> and it that's it, you know? All you know, and it's not even said in the game. I think that, like, on the Steam page, it's like, you know, a boy goes to Limbo to look for a girl or, or something. You don't even know who the girl is. Is it his sister? Is it his girlfriend? He's kind of young, so maybe not his girlfriend. That's it. That's the whole story. Mm. But it still feels compelling because of the atmosphere of the game. You're like, oh, you don't know what's going on, but whatever it is, it's exciting. And you're, you're like, minor spoilers, I guess. But at some point in the game, you're not just, you know, you're not just solving environmental puzzles or running from monsters. You're also uh, running from people. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with Inside, where you're kind of like, you're not really told what's going on. You have to piece it together as you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they, they get a very, very minor story. I mean, they really could have just given you the game with no explanation, and it would have been fine. But they're just kind of, it almost feels like an afterthought. But I wonder if it was an afterthought, or if that was what they started with, and then they were like, let's make a game about that, the story. Yeah, that, that's interesting, because, like... In many ways, I wonder the same with Journey. Journey is very much like that. Like, it it's very much feels like a parallel where, like, there's not any dialogue, right? Like, it's just music and, like, hieroglyphics. <laughs> and what, Do the hieroglyphics translate into anything? Mm, no, it's just... Nothing that you can read. Yeah, it's just imagery. Imagery, motion, Im- like, motion imagery... And then, like, what happens in the game itself with the gameplay. And so 
I think like it's interesting that you know we're talking about games being very good story focused games and they're like the games that aren't even like to- like they're not telling you the story you're like experiencing the story yeah right? well mm-hmm. that, I mean that's really cool I guess to clarify the story is still there that's why I would say it's a story focused game whereas with Limbo there's not really a story oh okay okay so it's not really I a mean there's a story. It's like a narrative. There's I guess. a vague like, narrative, but like it, it really just boils down to the boys looking for a girl. Like there's not. Yeah. Inside has more of a story. Inside is like what you're saying, Brad. Where there's tons mm-hmm. of there's a lot of stuff happening. It just doesn't tell you outright. You have to figure it out. Yeah. I think Hyperlight Drifter does the same thing, where there's also there's a lot of, there's a lot of things happening, but you don't really see a lot of the motivations or background stuff. You so I think Limbo. I think limbo kind of plays into what brad was talking about then like i think it kind of hits the same thing as older games you mean you might have been brought it up in this in this light but you know because it, it's so objective based and like there are things that you do that might only happen to you or happen to you a certain way and then you know i remember back in the day you'd play games before the internet and you'd have like you talk about it on the playground mm-hmm. like what happened in these games and because they didn't have such deep stories you were able to even expand upon even more and i think that might be one of the drawbacks really to like super story heavy games it's like well have you gotten to the part where this happens yet rather than i was here and then this happened to me and all of a sudden you know another monster came out of you know nowhere and i had no idea what i could do so i ran away and you have like a, a story that you created mm-hmm. in the moment yeah like it's experiential it's experiential right like you experienced the story versus you read or watched the story right like mm, yeah and that's what i think is really cool and i think you know rpgs like the final fantasy games they did a good job in that too where like yeah the gameplay was kind of like that dissonance like you're saying where it's like you're you're literally standing in a place like taking turns fighting each other but they're very contextualized battles with contextualized characters in contextualized moments. So you felt mm-hmm. like you were actually playing the story instead of watching the story. Like there's moments in Final Fantasy VII that I think of and I've that to this day, I feel almost like I was there when it happened. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when I like look, when I go back and I look at that moment, I was like, yo, like these, this game has not aged, <laughs> you know, like, like it's literally just, pixelated looking and but it felt so immersive at the time like there's a moment where you're trying to escape from uh basically like a facility and you're fighting these people and then events will happen because of what you did and it just feels like you're driving the story and the story is like fighting back against you you know that's a good feeling and 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 that's what i think is 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 really rare i mean you have to i mean that's why i think like game game development is an art form like yeah, anybody can make a cool game mechanic, but can you make it feel like something, you know? Yeah. You know what I just realized? Um, I think JRPGs, like especially the old turn-based ones, mm-hmm. I think that's a great example of story-first development. I assume it's story-first because it feels like, I mean, on the, all right, you know, high level, high level, a lot of JRPGs have basically the same mechanics, right? You have... yeah. It's turn-based, you run around an overworld, you fight monsters, especially the old ones. You fight random monsters, you level up. Find items. You you learn new abilities. Yeah, you find items like potions and stuff. And 
they they not that they're not innovative and iterative like the gameplay definitely hasn't has changed over time but that's pretty much all there is to it yeah they're super formulaic it's very formulaic the big draw and i assume a lot of the the thought that went into these games is the writing and the story and there and it's always these super epic stories right like all the final well i don't know about final fantasy but like Mm -hmm. I play. I've played Skies of Arcadia. I've played Chrono Trigger, and it's always it's um, Dragon Quest, I, huh? Have you played the any of the Dragon Quests? I've never played Dragon Quest, but I know. I actually I played the demo that came out on Switch recently, but mm-hmm. I can tell already that it's a hugely epic story. Oh, I know massive. Final Fantasy VII. I played a little. That's I know that's pretty epic just from what I know. Um, Nino Kuni. Nino Kuni. Oh, I forgot about Nino Kuni. Yeah. Uh, I would say Nino Kuni might be a little more gameplay focused, but it definitely feels world first and story first. Yeah, that's they went cool. heavier in on the gameplay. Well, and that may, that might be why JRPGs are so like distinctive because they all look similar gameplay wise, but they're so rich, and people still love them. You know. Well, think think about it this way. So. Uh, I, I will slightly, in my personal opinion, disagree with that just because, like, fundamentally, some of the most difficult games to make from a just purely systemic standpoint, gameplay development standpoint, are RPGs because they're so, uh, I don't know how to say it, like system intensive. They're so complex. Yeah, yeah. like there's everything matters. You have to balancing is so, so yeah. important. Of course. Like, everything yeah. has stats. Wait, like even more than like a Super Mario Galaxy, right? Or Odyssey. Oh, like sure. like the beginning and the end are so in t- intertwined that like it's mm-hmm. it's a very like it's like RPG development is like if you're not fully an RPG developer, you will be broken your spirit will die <laughs> like real talk right because right? it's like a very game focused game now the one thing that is interesting and why i think stories really lend to rpgs because rpgs role-playing games come from the whole concept of you know a role playing game like you play a role and you have certain statistics and you know going back to tabletop like RPGs, mm-hmm. right? And the reason those games really made sense is because as an orc, level five orc with this type of ability, when you're in certain circumstances, your abilities really matter. So the story and the role that you're playing really matter. So mm-hmm. Japanese RPGs, which you know essentially were the first, there had no story. Like Final Fantasy, the original ones, like had like no story. Right. It was just like you played a class like it had a story. Like, let me not get it wrong. But it was like really heavy gameplay, you know, and like uh, menus and choosing your stats and like. So it was the, it was about the experience of playing an it, RPG tabletop as exactly, a game. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So as it as it evolved, it naturally grew. Right. Like now you're yeah. playing a swordsman who has a, lost his memory with magic powers and you're trying to do a thing. And it just kind of naturally. So not that you're wrong. I just think it's interesting how mm-hmm. that makes sense, right? Like, because yeah. the, the gameplay is super heavy, but, like, the story makes so much sense because you're playing the role. You are, like, literally, you are that character yeah. in yeah. the game, which is super cool. But um, I, I think that 
Well, I, well, I meant two things. Well, I'll say two things. First, I didn't mean to say that they don't pay attention to the gameplay. Obviously, RPGs <laughs> are super, super complex. Um, what I meant was that I felt like it was gameplay. I mean, if you take the how do I put this? If you took the story out of an RPG, right? If you take Final Fantasy VII, you remove the story, or you remove the gameplay, and you put that same gameplay in a different story, it could just be it could be just as good, right? Like even if the stakes weren't as high, or the the characters were totally different, um, you you would balance you would balance things differently, maybe, right? But well, I, I, my point is, it's it's kind of more generic, like a suit on top of the story rather than. I would say you could say that with like a shooter, but I don't think you could do that with an RPG because the RPG, a lot of times the mechanics and the things that are in it are 100% based on what the world is, right? Like in Final Fantasy VII, it's materia and, uh, you know, magic and, you know, all that stuff, right? In Nino Kuni, it's, you know, your MP and... Uh, your familiars. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always like really heavily based in the world. And if you were to remove that game and try to put somewhere else, it wouldn't fit. But, like, you know, a shooter, you could drop in Apex gameplay into, you know, Literally any, any game, game yeah. right? And it would still feel yeah. right. So, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, I think shooters are, not that I disagree with you, well, sort of. I, I think what I said was vaguely true, but I think that your point that shooters are more like that is also true. Like, I don't respect shooters as a, as a, <laughs> in a, as a general rule, because to me it doesn't... <laughs> To me, it doesn't feel like the story or the gameplay are usually very good. Okay, okay. Speaking of shooters, I want to throw something at you, and I want to hear what you guys think (laughs) about this. I think one of the best single-player, story-focused games of all time is Halo. Halo. Yes, I knew it. (laughs) Do you agree? Do you disagree? Of course, this is a subjective but what do you guys think about Halo as a as a story focused game, single player game? So, so to me, I feel like that they handled the Halo campaigns with the same amount of like tender love and care that they did with like the Assassin's Creed games. Like mm. your character, <clears throat> your character is going through each of these story beats with a specific arsenal. For a specific reason. Now, once you get into it, it's kind of sandboxy. Like, you have these weapons and things that you can use. But it's like, all your training and stuff has led... And, and the Hitman games, too, are like this. Where, you know, it's it's kind of like that line, I guess, between an RPG and a fully story-based game. Because it's a linear progression when you're in levels. Mm-hmm. But how, like, there isn't one solution, though necessarily like sure in halo you're going to shoot everything but you can pick up whatever guns you can use grenades you can melee everything if you want you know yeah god bless so I mean, you can't you would die but you can yeah try. you probably shouldn't but <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the thing is you know it's not like i guess other games shooters especially where if you don't shoot them with this gun you're likely just gonna die because it's not gonna do enough damage or some other kind of crazy condition you're saying shooters where the gun you use is kind of part of a puzzle you have to solve. Yeah. But in Halo, there's no puzzle. It's just use the gun that fits the situation. And Yeah. Or, yeah, and I, and I think it's contextual, right? If you, like, if you load into different levels in Halo, like, say you're on Earth and you're fighting 
the you know the covenant like you're gonna have human weapons sniper rifles pistols stuff like that mm-hmm. right then you drop mm-hmm. on a covenant ship and you're fighting you're fighting with covenant weapons and you're in a covenant situation so like your gameplay yeah. is very different and you know in those moments and it feels somewhat different yeah somewhat different and it feels like you're in that moment right it doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. call of duty where literally if you just flip to any chapter you just got a gun and it's just bigger set pieces or smaller set pieces (laughs) you know yeah yeah it all feels samey it's funny because when i when i was dropping that bomb on shooters a few minutes ago i (laughs) in my head was thinking I hope nobody asks me about Halo right after. I actually, love, I actually love Halo, and I feel like that's going to destroy what I was saying. Um, Halo is the one weird. of the exceptions, or it has been. Sometimes, sometimes uh, it can feel. I guess people have been disappointed with Halo games, but yeah. I think the, I think the fact that people will complain, like, "Oh, I don't like Halo Five because of the story," like that's that means a lot, right? Because mm-hmm. people were invested yeah. because of the story. The right. entire, the entire advertisement campaign for Halo Three was based on a fake war, right? And have you seen those ads? They're they're insane. They have like memorials for from from, or they have like interviews with veterans from the war. Like, oh yeah, and that's when Chief swooped in, and mm-hmm, you know he mm-hmm. gave us hope. And it's so poignant. Wow. And it's so like it like gives you chills and it makes people cry. And then you're like, this is for a video game, like. It's not a real veteran. That's an actor, or maybe it's a real veteran. But you know, the war is not real. Um, and they hit you with that piano, that ding, mm-hmm. and it says, you know, finish the fight or hope or something. And Master Chief holds up a grenade and it lights up, and you're like, yes, he's gonna get him. And like, <laughs> that's story. That's not gameplay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny. Even before you started talking about the shooter thing, I was thinking of Halo the whole time. It's like the <laughs> the perfect single. <laughs> player that's always thinking of halo i'm always thinking of halo um because you know uh i think it was kyle or i can't remember who just said it but you were talking about how like you might be talking about a game and like it's a story game or, or, or you're talking about a game and you talk about how like from the the moments that happened within the game like oh man i was in this room and then like they were throwing grenades at me and da 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 like mm-hmm. and you and you of yeah. course you talk about the story and how cool and interesting it, it is and i think halo is like perfect like we can all probably if we've played halo in some degree think of like a scenario that was super ridiculous that we had to fight through and we could all be playing that same situation and it would be experienced completely different but we all yeah. have a story from it, right? Like, it's right. really super cool, you know? Yeah. And not just personal stories, but, like, you know, your story of, like, when you learned a twist. Like, oh, my gosh, do you remember when the Gravemind caught Master Chief and Arbiter and convinced them to work together? And, like, they all three were working together to stop the rings from firing. Like, that was mm-hmm. so cool, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, everyone thinks that what's her, uh, Cortana is is like a total babe or something because she's like a compelling <laughs> character and chief is a guy whose face we've never seen and is com- a compelling character yeah um yeah so it's, it's the, the mystery yeah i think halo has a lot of good characters and has an it interesting does. interesting lore yeah it, it definitely feels like a game it it is it was a game i've seen the documentaries that was gameplay first however they just happen to like find that secret sauce and have a great story as well. 
games. Day one, they killed it in both avenues and had a great multiplayer. Yes. And, like, it was yeah. a triple threat. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're the perfect tone for multiplayer. Yeah, and I think that's, like, a testament to, like, when, like, probably gameplay first, right? Like, I would assume that Halo was built with the shooter first. I don't know. I honestly yeah. don't know. Actually, fair. wait, I think I, I misspoke. From the documentary, I know that it was meant to be a different kind of game. It had different mechanics in mind. Interesting. And then based on the world they had, they were like, well, is it? no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it was because what they ended up doing was they were like driving a warthog around mm-hmm. and they were like, wait, it's really fun. The closer we zoom in the camera behind the warthog, the more fun it gets. <laughs> and they just they just made it first person or not first person, but, you know, like a tight, tight camera in the warthog. And yeah. they're like, let's do this. So like, it was going to be like a totally different kind of game set on wow. somewhere called Halo. Who knows what that is? Um, and yeah, it, it basically evolved through iteration and them saying like what's more fun how do we ex- there was gonna, there was gonna be like a day night cycle there were gonna be animals to like attack or tame like it was gonna be super different they were also constrained they were supposed to be on the mac like mm. an old mac and so it, Ooh, they had to like you fun. know they had certain constraints and then microsoft swooped in and grabbed them that's crazy the real heroes <laughs> microsoft yeah i think that's interesting because it tells the story of like a story but it, it makes the point of like fundamentally a game whose story comes out strong is a game that the story was kind of embedded in the gameplay from the mm-hmm. beginning right like it was like oh we're going this direction in the world we have these don't like they don't connect so let's bring them closer together let's make yeah. them tighter let's make them tighter and eventually refining you know, first you need an interesting game that's fun to play. Let's make the story reflect that. Like, what makes sense to have a super soldier fighting in space? I mean, they could have made the story about fighting ancient worms in the middle of, you know, like, they could have made it about anything, but they really found that, like, this yeah. lends really well and and we can drive the story just like a RPG, right? Like, they find that certain stories kind of lend really well with RPGs versus other stories that like imagine a story about like i don't know like no it, it, pretty much an rpg can be about anything because fundamentally it's role-playing mm-hmm. but anyway i, I feel like you, what you're describing is exactly the perfect formula for game development and story based games i heard the other day that somebody made an rpg where you play as charles barkley <laughs> that's probably fire. <laughs> it's probably fire no kidding i don't know what i'm gonna do i forgot what you have to do but i think you have to save the world in some capacity using the power of friendship and basketball Mm. but i'm not entirely sure and then and then there's shaq fu the like yeah you know like what is shaq fu like you're uh beat him up with shaq and the story like the new shaq fu (laughs) like remember when that was coming out kyle and we were watching all the like Mm -hmm. it's like what in the yo you know millions on marketing <laughs> millions to, to make hundreds, hundreds off of 32 dollars well it wasn't it a kickstarter it was a kickstarter right oh it was kickstarted yeah, yeah. but it was a different it looked completely different whenever the kickstarter was funded mm-hmm. huh. and they yeah i have a question mm-hmm. you guys have heard of yik right yik oh my yeah goodness. y2k, Y2K. <laughs> <laughs> no we'll call it yik Yik. What do you think came first, 
The oh, awful story. gameplay or the awful story? It's, it's not even a, up the for story. debate. The story 100%. And, 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 it, and it comes back to that thing when you think that you have a, like you're good at making stories, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're good at writing oh, dialogue. Yeah. And you think that you and your friends are good at voice acting. I've heard some people say that, you know, like the most of the moment to moment gameplay was all right. Minus a few obnoxious details. But, yeah, I wonder how the story or how the the game would have fared if the story wasn't so... That's a pretentious game. Um, (laughs) It was like tone deaf. They didn't realize, I guess, what they were making. Because I think a lot of gameplay development first developers or developers who make a game that they know will fit well with an RPG are open to compromise to make their game better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yik plays like one of those games that was not willing to compromise their story. Yes. Right, because it felt like there's some things, there's some elements, and not just the story, I think, but the theme as well. But mm-hmm. it seemed like there's some elements of the game, like the weird mini games you have to play for all your attacks, mm-hmm. yes. that they were just too attached to, and they never asked, is this fun? Right. Because it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's definitely one of those situations where the people who made the game think they know better than everybody else, right? Like mm. like a, a, a really good game developer, a really good creative movie director, writer, they are not writing for themselves per se. Like, hey, like I have a really cool story, but they're like, I got to think about my audience, right? Yeah. Like, it really felt like this game, Gick, was made... For them, themselves only. Like, they weren't thinking right. about any, like, oh, it'd be really cool if we have, like, a 10-minute cutscene with a panda-looking thing, like, in another world, <laughs> talking about, Lama. like, esoteric evangelion s stuff, but we're not smart enough <laughs> to know how to right. handle that, you know? It's it's just right. terrible, you know? And, and Yeah, I think that's one of the caveats to being a creative, too, is that there is also the side of making things that you would enjoy mm-hmm. for people who are like you. And also while you're making it, you know, if you enjoy it, you'll enjoy making it theoretically. theoretically. And so it's like finding that line, I guess, between making something that appeals to other people, but that you yourself would also enjoy engaging with. I think one of the, the best things that I've ever heard a game developer say early in my game developer journey is he said, if you're not willing to give throw away an idea, no matter mm-hmm. how attached you are to it, no matter how cool it seems, no how many hours you've spent on it, you are not meant for this. And mm. I yeah. didn't get it at the time because I was like, oh, that's like just some dude. But, right. but I mean, he was a successful dude, one of the luminaires in the industry at the time. But like I didn't get it until I started to game make games and see how important it was to give up on ideas like talk about it all the time but like when me and kyle were making amber in our little box we had an idea of what amber would be it wasn't until people started touching it steve and <laughs> like being like this makes no sense this doesn't feel right uh-huh. you know that we were like okay let's throw that away yes it's a compromise on our original vision but that doesn't mean that we're you know like destroying our vision we're just enhancing it so that other people can experience it you know sure and i think 
even in that moment, like, I I remember there being a little bit, at least on my part, resistance because, you know, we were so quote unquote intentional mm-hmm. about the decisions that we made that we wanted people to just get it, mm-hmm. you know, like this is how we made the game. We want you to experience it like this. If you just give it a chance, you'll like it type of stuff. But you know, it's really like a, a naive way of thinking. Like to to a degree, some of that stuff does make sense. You know, maybe mechanics and stuff are nuanced to where people do need to give it time to understand it. But if it's like for the sake, like either they learn it or they're gonna put your game down, you know, it's like you have a decision to make at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think it goes back to that definition of games, like like fundamentally you're trying to teach people something. And if mm-hmm. the material isn't interesting, engaging, or or uh, approachable, you know, like then they won't be willing to learn it. If I try to teach to a first grader quantum, you know, uh, I try to teach to a first grader quantum mechanics, they're just gonna <laughs> be like, "All right, I'm gonna go play with my toys," you know, like they're gonna walk away. And sure, maybe you teach them quantum mechanics down the road, right? But you need to yeah. like lack of a better word, onboard them into your game so that they can experience the game, experience the story. And like, yeah, if you don't do that, you don't, as the guy said, you don't need to be in game development, you know? Yeah. What, uh, what would you, what would you guys say is the most egregious other than Yik, the most egregious situation where a game clearly, or at least it feels like it was half baked. It was story first and the gameplay is just not good. Life of Black Tiger. Hmm. What is that? Yeah, what is really? That? <laughs> the, the PS3 launch game? I've never heard. Where... I've literally never heard of that ever. Yes, you have. Life of Black Tiger. <laughs> I don't. You know, I'm, I'm deeply invested in the gaming industry, and I don't. <laughs> I've never heard of that in my life. You think just because he's black, you would have heard of a game called <laughs> Life of Black Tiger? I know. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> But no, so yeah, Life of Black Tiger was a PS3 launch game that was panned because it was like worse quality wise than a mobile game. But it had a trailer on the official PlayStation YouTube channel. It was like promoted on all of the PlayStation stores and it was horrible. Like there was no redeeming quality of the game. Wow. Um after this podcast you guys everybody listening everybody (laughs) under the sound of my voice look up life of are you sure it was ps3 because i'm seeing ps4 when i type life of black tiger even better if it was ps4 (laughs) even more disrespectful it was (laughs) oh because once you see it you know you'll understand if it even if it was ps3 it's still there's still no reason for what what happened i'd say uh it's i i I can't. I can't. Is it? And so the story was terrible. Is that what no, you're no, saying? No, no, It doesn't. It doesn't have to be. Wait, are you talking to me or Kyle? I guess both of oh. you. Now we're here. <laughs> right. Are you clarifying what he said? Or are you clarifying my question? Yes. Okay. My question was <laughs> a sto- uh, Not not even that the story is necessarily bad, but the fact that the gameplay is so unhinged from the story, or is so like underdeveloped compared to the story like they clearly went into it with like we have a story you want to tell and whether they did a good job or not of telling the story 
the game wasn't good. So I think the story of Life of Black Tiger was that you're trying to survive this wilderness and find like your family or whatever. Like I think it has a story, which is which is also like bare bones. But the gameplay is just so bad. Like I don't know why it was the first thing to come to mind. Yeah, I mean it was. Um, it, it, really, it struck a chord. Yeah. <laughs> it did because I didn't write it down or anything. Like that, it, that was a visceral response from me just now. I've never heard of it, and you had a visceral response. Wow. Well, <laughs> to, to, to my answer to that question, um, has to be actually a game, Dead Island. I, I don't know if you guys Ooh. remember Dead Island, but yeah, I do. The reason I call out Dead Island. It's because it felt almost like Dirty Pool. Because if you've seen the Dead Island trailer, it's one of the coolest trailers. I think one of the top five trailers all time. Absolutely. Um, I remember sharing it to showing to at my my girlfriend at the time when it came out. I show show her the trailer and she wasn't even interested in games per se. And uh-huh. she was like, I'm interested in this game. I want to play this game. Yeah. The story seems super cool. I want to know what's happening. Da 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 da. Dead Island comes out and the story is so de-emphasized. <laughs> it's so de-emphasized. It's yeah, buried. It's yeah, like it's almost like it might as well that that trailer could have been for you could have if you played that game and then saw that trailer you'd be like that's not even the right game. That must be for another day. It was mm-hmm. clickbait. It was clickbait through and through. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was truly clickbait and, and sadly I think it was a marketing tool to the max. I mean, whoever made that deserves an Emmy, Oscar, whatever, because it was incredible. Oh, yeah. But to me, I felt really hurt by it because I walked into it expecting a really interesting story about the collapse of humanity from a zombie apocalypse kind of situation. Okay. Kind of almost like a de- uh, Walking Dead or something like in this game. But it was just purely just a zombie game, you know, survival, you know, with random characters. And there was like a really throwaway story like in any game. But yeah, so so when I think of games that like did it did like did me wrong with the story gameplay, I immediately think of Dead Island. Man. Hmm. Did, did you have? Yeah, they had a bunch of really good trailers. Really good. They, they really had a quality marketing team. And, and uh, the animation was like for the time it was crazy. really top notch. Super cool, super cool. And if you haven't seen the, the original Dead Island trailer, look it up. It is super cool. Even today, you'll be like, "Wow, that looks really interesting." Wow. Uh, did you have one, Steve? Uh, you know, I can't think of one. <laughs> I asked the question. I have no, nothing in mind. <laughs> I uh, I feel like I only I I I don't play most games that come out. I only play games that I've heard are good. Mm. And then I'm already interested in for whatever reason. So like, for that reason, I feel like I've never been bitten like that. If I think of something, I'll let you know. For that reason, I you think Yik, game... Yik was the only one that came to mind. Actually, what were you? you know a game that kind of suggested it had a deep story, but then kind of didn't was the last two Smash Brothers games. Or, no, Smash Brothers Brawl and Ultimate both kind of hinted to, like, these really deep stories. And 4. And 4 even had a little bit of that, too. I don't remember 4. That was the Wii U one. Yeah, but I don't remember the story. I I had it on the 3DS, and I played it maybe twice. Well, I'm not not asking about games that had disappointing stories. I'm, like, Smash is the example of what I'm not talking about, right? Smash is... A fighting game where they just kind of put a story on afterwards 
so that there's a classic mode, right? So I thought your question was about like the the game, I guess, or the developer suggested there is a story. Story first. But but I don't think I don't think any Smash game has ever been story first. Well I guess I'll I'll retract my statement. Well no 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 I I I wanna say this because I I was there. I was there. (laughs) You know? I was there when Smash You saw the beginning when Smash Melee I was a hardcore Smash Melee and when Brawl was coming out and they released a website where they would release a character every week and give you yeah. the background and they had the and they were giving you this idea of space deep space emissary and all this stuff was yeah. happening they made it really seem like this smash brothers was going to be like a different type of smash brothers that the story was going to drive it in a way that had never been done and even in ultimate with the whole um world of light Light thing they really Mm -hmm. made it seem like there was going to be a really cool story and that drew me back into smash brothers like to be dead honest and i do feel like the worst part of the game was the part that i was the most excited for which was the story yes like it's kind of like some games the gameplay is already solid so they don't really have to do anything but when they're like hey we're going to take it to the next level and make a story that's going to take this you know like for example nba 2k whatever has a story mode that's actually like with uh what's his name uh you know what i'm talking about kyle with uh it's like the new one with jake from steak farm no 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 like like it had a story mode it had uh that was written by spike lee and like oh uh, yeah yeah, like super yeah like they, they went hard with it and they did a good job like even though it's just a basketball game they made a story that was like literally did stuff like there was plot twists in it and like it was cool and Smash Brothers, I, I I don't know. I agree with you, uh, Kyle. Like, I feel like I they mean did, that's did you wrong. I don't. I I think that that's just bad marketing, right? But I'm I mean, no one you couldn't you can never argue that that Smash Bros. gameplay was defined by them by the story they wanted to write for World of Light or for Subspace Emissary. Well, like it's definitely was a gameplay first game. Yeah, I, I mean, and I I think with NBA Two K, like it's a gameplay first game. But but the yeah. way that they they the way that they made this particular rendition of the game seem was that it was going to be a lot more story driven and a lot more about your you know what I'm saying like yes you're gonna it's like Halo Halo has a story and a multiplayer and it doesn't take away from that the multiplayer is super strong when the story is you know like it's not false marketing when they say the story is going to be great and it's great you know what I'm saying like it's it's sure so so what I mean. They can say that they were like, oh, like it's you guys know we're just Smash, or like we're not whatever. But they they made it seem like it was. It did be a push game yeah. first. Like, I mean, I I agree that the market, especially I I don't remember much about Brawl's marketing, but I mean, Subspace Emissary actually was pretty hype. I don't know how you feel about it, but I agree. World of Light is and the marketing leading up to Ultimate coming out are vastly different and super disappointing. So I'm I'm with you there. I think there were like three cutscenes in World of Light, <laughs> and two of them they showed like in the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, "We gave you everything. Was... We we didn't lie. We showed you." <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even need cutscenes. I just need a story. You know what I needed World of Light to do to stop? That's what I needed to do. Just stop. Oh, uh, like to just be like, "No, you're done. You made it." Like, <laughs> like <laughs> the most disrespectful thing was that they gave you a reason to play it. <laughs> You know, they were like, oh, we're not going to let yeah. you change the menu music Yo, unless you've beaten World of 100% Warcraft. my reason. That was dirty. 100% my reason to play the game. 
Like, and I couldn't do it. I still couldn't do it. I had a... a, a... Yeah, that's my number one request for the game. And I am not willing to beat World of Light to get it. (laughs) Consider that, Sakurai. I kind of held out hope that there was something I was missing to World of Light. That's why I finished it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, there's got to be something at the end to make all of this worth it. (laughs) And there wasn't. The Korok scene. It was just... All over again. (laughs) It was. There was the cutscene and the menu music, which you're in the menu for, you know, half a second. <laughs> yeah. But it was Subspace important. Emissary was good because it wasn't, I mean, because you were you were playing the characters you always play, but you were put in a situation that was different from a normal match of Smash. Mm-hmm. Like you had to run, it was a platforming game. And, and so it still used the strength of like the Smash Bros, like fighting game engine. But use it in a different way where you didn't feel like it was just I'm just playing computers. But yeah. and I think they went for that with World of Light, where it was like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna have these trophies or the spirits, and they're gonna have crazy situations and the matches are gonna have like wind blowing through them or electrified mm-hmm. floors. Um, which could be fun, but then they completely undermine it by giving you a spirit that makes you impervious to wind <laughs> or impervious to it's like yeah all i have to do Strategy. is push a button to auto assign a spirit and then it's a normal cpu match like who yeah. cares yeah yeah and i think it was uh, one of those things that they handled both the subspace emissary and word of light probably gameplay first like mm-hmm. what are fun you know unique scenarios using the mechanics we already have and then, like you said earlier, Steve, bad marketing as far as as far as just how innovative these new uh, segments of the game were. Like, because I, I agree with you, Brad, that they they felt like they were like the flagship. These are the the draw drawing elements mm-hmm. to these new games. Yeah, yeah, they really they really made it seem that way. And uh, you know, uh, thank you, Kyle, for for bringing back that trauma and that anger because I forgot about that. Like you got I, it. I put that deep somewhere. Uh, Cause I was in college was when that happened. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that actually brought me to the uh, uh, smash 2020 because I don't believe anything right. they say anymore because of what they did. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> so um, yo, this has been a great conversation, but uh, it is time my brothers to wrap it up. My super agile bros to wrap it up. Agreed. Um, as always, I want to say thank you, Kai. Thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure. Uh, for your time. You're welcome. For your thoughts. Uh, even if your thoughts are wrong, because they are, I really do appreciate it. <laughs> um, talking to Steve. <laughs> yes, I'm talking to Steve and Kai. And Kai. Steve who? Oh. And Kai. <laughs> but, um, but really, uh, as always, <laughs> I really want to thank all of our listeners, um, you know, to all the people that we named in the beginning you know like thank you for your support thank you for listening to our podcast we really really like appreciate it and it uh drives us to be better and uh we hope to be better every day and you know please let us know what you'd like to see us talk about in the future in the comments you know via text or in the streets we're ready um (laughs) say it to my face say it to my face ready so um so thank you uh for listening uh, appreciate everybody out there in the world wide web and until next time y'all take it easy peace peace